Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It doesn't matter how great your ideas are if nobody's willing to listen to you. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Hey there, folks. Welcome on back to the Lions of Liberty podcast. I'm glad to have you here with me once again. Broadcasting from the Lions of Liberty Studios in sunny Los Angeles, California. We've got another great interview here for you today on today's show, which is episode number 187. And guess what, guys? That means you can find today's show notes over at lionsofliberty.com slash 187. Today's show is sponsored by Health Excellence Select, an incredible, free market, affordable, legal alternative to your standard Obamacare corporatized insurance. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash health. My guest today is the voice of reason over at the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. If you've been a fan of this program or the Johnny Rocket Launchpad, you heard this woman brave her way through multiple hours of nerdy comic book talk back on our Thanksgiving special. Now she's got her own project, a web series entitled A Woman's Place. Know it. Heather Nixon, are you ready to roar? I am ready to roar. Thank I you, know Mark. you are. Of course you are. Because I hear you guys roar every single week on the Launchpad. By the way... If anybody out here isn't currently subscribed and listening to the Johnny Rocket Launchpad on iTunes, do it because it's a great show. There yes, absolutely. Please do. Now, Heather, now I've talked to your main squeeze, Johnny Rocket Adams, so much at this point. So I'm really looking forward to learning more about you, really. So, you know, what was it that first lit that spark for you? What first got you interested in the ideas of liberty? Well, I think, you know, I will admit that when I was younger, I was a Democrat. I grew up here in the <gasps> Northwest. I a know. Horror. I know I was even a vegetarian for a while. Oh, no. I know. But as I grew older and uh, you know had kids, owned property, things kind of changed for me. And I started to look at the bigger picture as far as because when you're young, you just think, oh, you know, you don't realize where money from the guy because I was a teenage welfare mom and had no idea that that money actually came from taxpayers from other people that they were supporting me. So when I started to figure that out and own property and started paying taxes, that really started to change my point of view. And that's when you kind of figured that you found out the other end of that. You said, oh, that's where the money was coming from. It was coming from me, future me. (laughs) Yes. When you start working and they start taking part of that paycheck. And again, you start having to pay property taxes and school levies come up and, and that sort of thing. It really kind of opened your eyes. And I I think my progression was really, really a slow one because, you know, when I was younger, I was pretty much oblivious to politics. You know, when the idea of Hillary voting for president, my knee jerk reaction was, yeah, women, girl power, go. woo. Then when things start again, when you start having conversations with people and you start learning about what the government is doing as far as freedoms and rights and it sort of piques your interest and you start looking into it. But I really didn't know what a libertarian was until I met Johnny. 
Ah, so it was, you already had the spark, but then he kind of took a big stogie and lit it up for you, huh? Yeah, absolutely. We used to have uh, long political conversations. And again, I don't think I ever heard the term libertarian until, you know, we would sit around and be drinking beer. And that's when I first heard the word. How long ago did you and Johnny meet? Uh, it was about two and a half years, a little over two and a half years ago. And this was on the, the swinging uh, Seattle music scene, I take it? Yeah, I knew of his band. I actually heard his band the first time I was out with my then husband, my now ex-husband, my third. Uh Um, (laughs) And uh, I got the CD and I was a fan of the band and we became Facebook friends. And that's kind of how it all started. And then eventually uh, we met up face to face. Well, so a message to groupies out there. You can make this work. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, and, you know, be careful what you wish for, because I ended up selling merch and not being able to enjoy the shows. So (laughs) not all fun and games. And next thing you know, you're hosting a a weekly podcast with this guy. Yeah, and that came about one night, Johnny and myself and his roommate were sitting around and we were just talking about politics. And his roommate actually said, you know, we should record this and make a podcast. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we totally should. And that's how the idea started. And he contacted Kurt, you know, our co-host and audio guru and said, hey, we should do this. And we ended up over at Kurt's house. His former roommate was actually supposed to be the third man on the show, but he bailed out and Kurt filled in. And that was probably no offense to Caden, but Kurt was the best thing that could have happened. He really fit right in. Oh, yeah. And the three of you have just the perfect vibe going. I mean, you know, Johnny's in there as the host. You're in there as literally the voice of reason. Sometimes you got to pull him out of from the edge of madness. Yes. <laughs> and Kurt's really just there as the commentary guy. But he actually, I mean, you can blow him off as the uh, kind of funny guy. And he is very funny. All three of you are hilarious in your own way. But I mean, he, he actually comes in with some really good questions, kind of from like the man on the street point of view, I guess you might say, because he's not so immersed in the libertarian dogma. And he's not up reading Man Economy and State till 2 a.m. every night. So he actually has some really good questions, like the kind of questions you might get from a friend in a casual conversation. So I think that dynamic works great. Yeah, and that's it. he's kind of the yes man at times, but as the, you know, it's we're going on our third year now, he's really kind of taken on his own point of view and, you know, learning from guests and he's starting to look into things on his own. So he's really starting to have a, a voice of his own on the show, which I think really adds to it. So, you know, you guys are at least influencing one human being, if nothing else, <laughs> with yes. this program. Yes. Yeah, he has to listen to the show because he's there. So, Heather, you know, you're pretty active, I guess, politically up there, uh, both, you know, just talking about this stuff in social situations, I got to imagine. I know you're also politically active within the Libertarian Party up there in Seattle. So, you know, we always hear this thing that, you know, there just aren't that many women in the Libertarian movement, that women aren't prone to take liberty positions on things. So, I mean, obviously, you're proving that wrong from your perspective. But do you find that to be true at all? Is, Is there a truth to the fact that women are less prone to accept these ideas? Or, I mean, to me, it seems like that in many ways, many women just aren't as politically engaged overall. So to me, that kind of accounts for a lot of the difference we might see in libertarianism. We might see that same kind of percentage in other political persuasions as well. What's your thoughts on that? I absolutely agree that women tend not to be as politically engaged as men are. And I do think that it's even that there are even less women in the libertarian party. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. 
sometimes libertarians, especially on social media, people that are very active tend to get in their ivory towers and they tend to talk down to people. No, not libertarian. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. It's shocking. Thinking they know the answers to everything. That's just I, I find that very hard to believe. <laughs> and they forget that the ideas need to be sprinkled and you need to talk to people about what's important to them. And if you're a mother and, you know, you have a job and you don't have time to be, you know, looking into politics or liberty and you only see sound bites on the TV, it doesn't mean a lot to you. So. I think that libertarians could do a much better job at speaking to women about the issues that are important to them. And I very recently was attacked on Facebook because I was talking about this very thing. And, you know, of course, there's the female libertarian trolls out there just as well. And they're like, oh, there are no women's issues. Well, yes, there are. It's absolutely ridiculous to think that whatever our circumstances, our gender, whatever it is, doesn't affect our point of view. So if schools funding is getting cut and that affects them directly, that's what we need to talk to them about. And that's how you introduce them to the ideas, the big economic ideas and the philosophy that can come later. And people will naturally gravitate towards that. If you just get them excited and interested where I work, and I've said on the show many times, I work at the welfare office and it is a very diverse place. But when I talk to people, when I talk to women one-on-one about what libertarianism is, because they're always like, what is it that you're talking about, Heather? What do you do? <laughs> and you start just very slowly and you say, well, you know, do you ever think about your taxes or, you know, them taking all that money from you? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, where does that money go? And you just ask, talk to them like normal people instead of expecting them to accept these, you know, detailed philosophies. And, and I also think that a lot of times people that have been in the party for a very long time, and it is very economically driven, it's, you know, the economics is so important that People, and I have heard it, it's like, oh, well, you just don't understand economics. Well, if you talk to someone like that, they're going to automatically slam the door in your face and not going to hear anything else that you say when you talk down to them. Yeah, telling someone they just don't understand something is not an effective method. Like you just mentioned, um, you know, someone, a mother who might be concerned about their school funding being cut because that's something that you know directly affects them. Their child might be in that school. They're worried about what might happen if the school loses funding. So the answer to that is not to spit at them the Rothbardian plan for anarcho-capitalist <laughs> school systems, you know? Exactly. Even though we might want to get that person there at some point and have an interesting conversation on that end, that's not going to solve their problem. That's actually going to blow their mind and not in a good way, not in a revelationary way. It's If you just kind of say, well, look, um, you know, the state shouldn't be funding these things anyway, they're going to go, um, okay, well, my kid's in school and I don't know what you're talking about, crazy person. <laughs> right, exactly. When you say there should be no schools and there should be no government, you're like, oh, well, no, slow down, slow down. Maybe we should look at where the money's going. Maybe you should get more involved, get on the school board, see in these little baby steps, you know, moving the needle toward liberty, as Nicholas Sawark would say. And I think that, like I said, when someone is so immersed in the philosophy, they lose sight. And then they also tend to say 
you know, if you disagree on one minor point, then you're automatically ostracized and, oh, you're not a real libertarian, you know, and, and you see that a lot on Facebook, which is really the best way that we have to reach the masses because there are so few of us. No, that's a good point because I really, it kind of annoys me when people say, oh, no one's ever won anybody over in a Facebook conversation. And that might be true, like kind of on the micro scale. But Facebook and social media in general, these are amazing tools we have at our disposal. Like, I probably would not know you or Johnny if we didn't have Facebook. I mean, that's how we first connected. You know, that's how I first heard about the Launchpad by someone in our Facebook group saying, you guys should hook up with the Launchpad guys and listen to their show. I mean, that wouldn't have happened without social media. That's just a fact. But I mean, to take it further in, in terms of changing people's views... You know, I've posted a lot of stuff on Facebook over the years, more so on my personal feed, you know, back in the Ron Paul days in 2008, 2012. Um, I probably just annoyed the crap out of a lot of people just constantly posting Ron Paul videos. And, you know, I don't do that as much on my personal page. That's why I have Lions of Liberty. I have this other outlet to get all that stuff out. But at some point, you do start to question, oh, am I really effective here and there? But occasionally, I'll get a message or a note from somebody, perhaps an old friend from high school I haven't really talked to, and they'll say, hey, you know, just so you know, you know, I, I saw this video you posted or this article you posted, and it really got me thinking, and I really love what you're doing, so keep up the great work. And little stuff like that, uh, it makes me go, okay, okay, there are actually human beings on the other ends of these computers, and whatever people might want to say about you can never win a Facebook argument, well, maybe you can never win a specific argument, but consistently talking about these topics topics and kind of pushing the needle out there does change the way people view things. And it does contribute to the, I guess, the overall conversation. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, just yesterday, I had posted that, or maybe it was day before, doesn't matter. I had posted that I am going to be speaking at the Washington State Libertarian Convention this year. And somebody I went to high school with said, oh, hey, Heather, um, <laughs> I was kind of wondering. And he asked a couple questions. And I tagged our state chair into the conversation and it looks like he's coming to the convention and he's really excited to learn more about it. And so, yeah, if you can reach people personally and one-on-one, -on -one, it's much more effective, I think, than, you know, trying to win people over in, in the large groups where you do have, you know, the ivory tower people that are talking down. If you talk to them one by one, that's how you're going to reach them. And this was someone that you had no inclination towards knowing that they had any interest or had been following your talk about this stuff at all? No, he is someone I went to school with, someone that I probably haven't spoken to in 20 years, but we're Facebook friends by default because, you know, you just friend request someone from high school. And uh, yeah, beyond that, there's no actual interaction. And he just saw my posts and, and started asking questions. And in fact, there was a uh, Johnny and I are part of this club called the Greaser Socials Club. It's Greaser Socials Club. It's uh, some rockabillies into like retro lifestyle. And I got a Facebook message from a gal in California who's just part of the club and saw one of my posts and asked me a question about libertarianism. So I do really believe that it is something that is better achieved one on one. And when you talk about the sort of libertarian ivory tower folks, that's kind of I think you've said that you are a supporter of Austin Peterson, and a lot of people think he sort of looks down on people and that he talks to people in a condescending way. But what's interesting about that is that he's actually going after the ivory tower 
sort of Rothbardian people who sort of talk down in that way. And he sort of tries to get them to come out and get into scraps with him on Facebook. And, you know, I can disagree or agree with the strategy, but I do find it interesting. So first of all, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you a a Pearson supporter at this point? I think that you're leaning his way anyway. Yeah, I haven't officially endorsed anybody. I definitely think that Austin has an incredible power to reach people that wouldn't necessarily get the libertarian message because I mean, let's face it, and we talked about this on our Thanksgiving bukkake, that, (laughs) you know, there is not going to be a libertarian president. Certainly not. Yes. Not this year anyway. (laughs) Yes. And so whoever the candidate is, is really about outreach, who can reach the most people. And I think that he is incredibly savvy as far as social media goes. He has a draw with younger people that some of the other candidates don't have, you know, and then Gary Johnson, you know, he's now officially in the race and he has name recognition and he has, you know, some political office experience. And I think that's good, but I don't see him doing a lot right now. It's almost like he threw his hat in and there's nothing. No, it's been like silence from the, the Johnson people. I haven't seen any media appearances and maybe he's just uh, taking a deep breath before he dives in. But it, yeah, that's whereas Austin Peterson, every day I get a Facebook notification that he's doing some kind of live stream. And whether that kind of stuff is effective, I don't really know because I mean, look, Rand Paul was the young people's internet candidate and we saw what happened there. But the point isn't to necessarily get X number of votes, although that would be good. But I think when we're looking at libertarian politics right now, in, in many ways, we just have to be trying to get more people involved, but be steering them in the right direction anyway. And and that's, I don't know how you necessarily do that through politics, but uh, it's all we got at the moment. It's, I mean, that and our media, the, the shows that you and I and, and other people out there are producing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the faults of Austin's campaign is he is attacking the establishment, quote unquote, the libertarian establishment, although they wouldn't want to hear that. He's like their Donald Trump. Not really, but sort of. (laughs) And so he's sparring with people. And what I think that is his big mistake, because he has to reach the people that are actually going to be delegates that are going to go to Florida and vote on who the candidate is. It doesn't matter how much support that you have if you don't get the nomination in the first place. And that's going to be the old guard, you know, and I think that, you know, someone like Steve Kerbell, I think his libertarian message is, you know, a little truer. You know, there's the big debate with Austin and the non-aggression principle that is tends to be the big sticking point with people. And yeah, he, he ruffles feathers. So, you know, I haven't decided yet. And And I'm just kind of sitting back and watching. And more of what I'm doing is just kind of asking questions because that's kind of my role on the show is, you know, I ask the questions and I don't necessarily say what I believe until I'm absolutely sure because I'm still on the fence. Yeah, I mean, I've had Austin on the show. I've had Steve Corbell on the show. I really like Steve Corbell. I I like Austin in a lot of ways, too. And I think he's effective in many ways. And people call him a troll and all this stuff. And I think he is in some ways, but intentionally. And that's part of his... Right or wrong, part of his sort of overall marketing scheme is sort of poking people and trolling them and getting them talking about him and his multiple projects and say what you will about it. It works. It's why I've heard of him, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he definitely knows what he's doing. And then but then there is a wild card here that that came in recently, too. You got your Austin Peterson. You got your Steve Corbell. You got your Gary Johnson back. But now you got John McAfee throwing his hat in there. So let me just get your, your thoughts on McAfee real quick or anything else you wanted to say about the candidates. Well, as far as McAfee goes, 
if he even shows up at the convention, I might be a little surprised. I don't know if he's just bored. I don't know if he's really serious about running. You know, really all I know about him is seeing that video uh, with the, where, you know, how to remove McAfee software for your computer with the hookers and the cocaine, which right. I think is awesome. I think is brilliant. You know, he was, uh, they were investigating him for murder. You know, I really don't know a lot. And when you go to his pages, it doesn't seem like he's doing very much either. And then there's the rumors that he removed libertarians from one of his events or something like that. So he's just sort of this uh, mystery. Nobody really knows what's going on. So I don't even know if, because there were some questions and where I've watched some interviews and he isn't exactly all that current on libertarian beliefs and the platform either, I don't think. I think it just sounds good to him. And like I said, he might be bored. Right. I mean, not, not to self-promote too much, but hey, it's my show. They're already listening. So what's the matter? But you know, the <laughs> most I ever heard from John McAfee was when I had him on the show and talked to him for 45 minutes. And I, I liked a lot of what he had to say. And he wasn't on the show as a libertarian candidate. He was on the show as a guy running for president because mm-hmm. he hadn't made that decision at the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely... Like a lot of people out there, not up reading Rothbard all night or anything like that. But uh, he does have a lot of positions that do tend to line up um, with libertarians when it comes to the war on drugs, when it comes to the FDA, some bigger picture stuff. Um, he also supports, well, you know, public works programs and other stuff that libertarians would definitely shake their heads at. So it's definitely going to be interesting because uh, there's a lot of interesting characters in this libertarian race. And we and by we, I mean me, I'm definitely guilty of this. And many of my cohorts, we spend so much time talking about the Democrats and Republicans, really just because that's what other people are watching and we're trying to get new people into this conversation. We want to talk about what they're talking about and give our own spin to it. But now that this stuff is winding down and in the next few weeks, month or two, we're going to have a pretty good idea of what's going on the Democrat and Republican side. I want to definitely give more of a focus to libertarian politics because really... The other stuff is all circus. It's an entertainment show for me, but the nitty gritty stuff is going to come from, you know, we're not going to hear any great positions going forward from any mainstream candidates. The libertarians and maybe some other third parties, some independents, who knows, are the only ones going to be speaking of anything of substance. And I do believe, like I said, that we need to pick the best candidate who can be a voice and grow the party because that's the only way that the liberty movement is going to grow and send a message to the establishment, the powers that be, the Republicans and the Democrats. If we just resolve ourselves, you know, I see so many people, you know, now that rounds out and people say, oh, well, I guess I'll just go cruise. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You know, you know, cruise is just the worst. Yeah. I think if we can at least send a message that maybe the establishment will do something and know that there are voices out there that aren't happy with the status quo. Let's hope that uh, your man Johnny's prediction that he made um, back on the uh, our Bukaki Thanksgiving special that <laughs> Cruz would not only win the GOP nomination, but become the president. Let's just hope that doesn't happen because please, uh, I just the man scares me. He actually scares me more than a lot of the regular establishment guys because he is so clearly like conniving and lying and it bothers me more that he tries to act like a liberty guy in a way and at least the other guys are like nope we're fascists we're straight up terrible he kind of tries to pretend to be for liberty when he's so clearly not and that just irks me more than anything well i have been in, in one of our very first shows uh two years ago we were talking about Cruz, and i said he is just creepy and 
I do not think, and you know, this is all superficial, but you know, let's face it, that is how a lot of people vote. You have to have some sort of sparkle. You have to have some sort of draw and he will not get women supporters because he is so frigging creepy. And I think that goes back to who we end up supporting as a libertarian candidate. We have to look at, does he have appeal? Is, you know, I I say he, because there's only two women and, you know, frankly, they don't have a chance. You have to to look at who is going to have the most draw and have the most appeal to people. It doesn't matter how great your ideas are if nobody's willing to listen to you. (laughs) Well, Heather, I hope people out there are going to listen to me right now for a minute because I need to take a little time out to tell you guys about our awesome sponsors at Health Excellence Select. Because as someone who purchases my own health insurance, I had become extremely frustrated at my escalating premiums and deductibles after the implementation of Obamacare, and this forced me to seek an alternative. And I found that alternative in the concept of health sharing, where groups of like-minded individuals get together to voluntarily cover each other's medical costs. Health Excellence Select will help you take charge of your health care without having to deal with all the costs and hassle of handling paperwork and spending hours on the phone with bureaucrats just trying to get paid. They will handle all the dirty work for you while also providing tons of valuable tools to help you stay healthy. Listeners of this program can get the VIP treatment and get signed up directly by my great representative, Jeff Cantor. Give him a call at 440-283-6849. Tell him Mark from Lions of Liberty sent you. Until then, head on over to lionsofliberty.com slash health for more information. All right. Well, speaking of getting your ideas out there more, that's something you're certainly doing now with your very recently launched web series, A Woman's Place Know It. So, Heather... What's your goal here? What are you doing? Well, I have a segment on the launch pad and my idea for A Woman's Place Know It was actually much before that. Even before I met Johnny, I had this idea about kind of thumbing my nose at feminists. You know, I I believe that women are equal and all that sort of malarkey and whatever. But I also am traditional. Bonus points for the use of the word malarkey, by the way. That might be the first time it's made it on the show and uh, it's been too long. (laughs) (laughs) But I have traditional values. I like a manly man, but I also want to be true with respect. But, you know, especially liberal men, they just are so, seem so spineless and weak. And I like a manly man. I want a man to open the door for me. And the third wave feminists have really taken things so far to the extreme. And it seems like they want special privileges. So the goal on my segment is to to call them out on the hypocrisy. I really honestly believe that the wage gap is a myth. I think it was a real thing, you know, growing up in the 70s and, you know, seeing when the women's movement was really actually achieving things and, and they were, you know, fighting the power and whatnot. You know, I I get all dolled up and put on my retro dresses and and do my uh, Liberty curls in my hair because that's the image I want to project. Sort of that retro rockabilly traditional woman uh, while speaking about current topics. And that's just my goal to just kind of thumb my nose at them kind of in a funny way, but also kind of to bring it to light. You know, I I really honestly believe that we are equal Uh, here, especially in Western civilization. And the video that I just posted is I speak exactly to what my point of view is that women say that they're powerful 
but they really play the victims. They want to bring men down instead of lift themselves up. So I just kind of call them out on it. And hopefully I do it uh, in kind of a funny way and people will watch them. Yeah. And to me, I kind of have two views of feminism because there's the one kind of slant on feminism that simply says, well, we just want equal rights, period. You know, if men can vote, we should be able to vote. Uh, If men can buy property, we should be able to buy property. If men can own a gun, we can own a gun. Very basic stuff that, of course, I'm 100% for. And there's also a, a slant on feminism that really kind of says not just that we have equal rights, but that we should be equal in all things. And to me, that's not the same thing. Because, I mean, you did a great video recently uh, about women firefighters. And, well, you know what? I'll, I'll just let you explain since you're the one that did the video. But it's really a good example of what I'm talking about here, of, of trying to have to be equal in every area of life. Well, that's not really the same thing as just standing up for your rights. Yeah, I absolutely believe we are equal under the law, but we aren't all the same. You know, I can't lift as much as you do. That's just a fact. You know, there are some burly chicks out there who may be able to, but they're few and far between and they're the exception. So when it comes to certain jobs, like in my video about firefighters, if you want to be a firefighter, you know, that's great, but you need to meet the requirements. But because there's such a push to meet quotas and for political correctness, they're lowering the physical standards of the test. They're allowing women to, if they pass the written portion of the test, they can pass the physical part later you know, getting firefighter pay while sitting at a desk instead of having qualified people in the job. Would I be able to do that if I showed up and I couldn't pass the test? Or I mean, is this a special exception for a woman? It is as far as I understand, and I looked into it quite a bit. It is a special exception because certain jurisdictions, whether it's, you know, city or county, the city council is saying we need more women. And so they put that order forth, putting pressure on the departments to get women in those jobs. And so, yes, it is so that certain departments designate women as priority hires. They are given special training before the actual training for the course with the rest of the firefighters begins. They're paid before. So they're put on the payroll even before they begin the training because they're priority hires to get women and minority women in these jobs. And so I honestly believe what they're doing is they're putting the public in jeopardy. They're putting us all in danger. And how can you really feel like you've accomplished something if they've lowered the standards in order for you to meet it? And that's where I think the double standard comes in. You didn't accomplish anything. And there are many other things, I mean, where the military, you know, you want to be on the front lines fighting, then you need to play by the rules that everybody else has to play by, you know, with especially with, you know, people having to they're saying they want women to register for the selective service, you know, and then all of a sudden they say, oh, well, no one should have to register anymore. Well, right now, if men have to to sign up for selective service, then Women should have to, too, because they are demanding that they're able to be in special forces and do all the jobs that men do and be on the front lines fighting. You can't pick and choose what you want to be equal in. 
it's all or nothing. Yeah, it's sad to me when progress is seen as, hey, let's throw more women into the battlefield. I mean, let's throw our mothers, our sisters, our daughters in the front of gunfire. That's what we need more of. That's how we're going to have progress. And to me, that's just disturbing. I mean, I don't want women drafted, but that's because I don't want anyone drafted. <laughs> you know? Great. It's just completely immoral to draft someone to go fight against their will. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I think that... Like I said, you only want certain equalities and not all of them. And those are the hypocrisies that I try to call out, that if you think that women should be on the front line fighting next to men, then you also have to look at how that affects the unit. You know, they're doing all these studies that if there is a woman in a unit, she's actually slowing down the unit. It doesn't move as fast as the other units. And and that stuff matters. We're talking about war. You know, you don't get to stop because uh, you're tired, you know, and there's all kinds of other things that happen. Men and women relationships within units can cause problems and people don't want to talk about it because it's not politically correct. But facts are facts. And again, it's political correctness gone awry and we're all going to hell. <laughs> well, what a way to wrap things up. <laughs> now, Heather, before I let you go, why don't you just let everybody know one more time, if they aren't familiar with the Launchpad, how they can find that and how they can find your new show, A Woman's Place, Know It. Well, you can find all of our shows by going to johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. It has a list and it'll link you up to be able to listen and download. If you'd like to check out my videos, you can go to YouTube and just search Heather Nixon. I don't have a special URL yet. I need subscribers. So please go to YouTube, look up Heather Nixon and subscribe to my videos and watch them. That'd be awesome too. And uh, check out my Facebook. It's Facebook slash Vox of Reason, that's V-O-X of Reason, and give me a like. That'd be awesome. Heather Nixon, keep up the great work and keep on roaring. Well, thank you very much, Mark. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed my discussion today with the lovely and talented Heather Nixon. Be sure to check out her new project, A Woman's Place Know It. You can find that on YouTube. And guys, if you are not listening to the Johnny Rocket Launchpad, I don't know what you're waiting for. These guys have so much fun. Each and every weekend, they release a new episode an amazing show. A show you guys have got to check out. Just a fun time and great conversations about liberty. Can't recommend it highly enough. These guys have been on the show before. We'll post a link to a couple episodes where I discussed uh, a lot of issues with Johnny Adams and with the whole crew back with our Thanksgiving special. So we certainly have a great relationship with the whole gang over at the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. And it's interesting to hear the perspective of a woman who is essentially an, an anti-feminist. Now, to many people, Heather Nixon might be a feminist because she is for individual rights. And if you have that view of feminism that just says, well, we females, we women should have the exact same rights as men. Well, I'd say Heather is a feminist. I'd say I'm a feminist by that definition. But there are certain people that use that label feminist that take it in a different direction, that actually try to sort of mold society to make us all quote unquote equal in ways that we're just not. Because look, face the facts, guys, we can all look at biology. We can all look at each other on the street and make a generalization that for the most part, there are some physical differences between most men and most women. Now, I'm all for women having the same opportunities as men, but in the case of a job that, say, requires X amount of physical strength, anybody that doesn't meet that requirement, whether it's a man or a woman, well, should just not get that job. 
And it's one thing if a company, for whatever reasons, private company, wants to hire more women for PR purposes or what have you. I'm not going to tell them they shouldn't do that. Personally, I think it would be better for women to just be hired because they're the best for the job, as it's the same with everybody. But hey, if certain companies want to have policies saying we'd like to hire 50% women and 50% men, well, you know, more power to them. Nothing wrong with that at all. But when this stuff gets entrenched in our government, in our public programs, in things we don't really have direct control over, in things that really wouldn't be considered private, well, the slope gets a bit slippery, as they say. So please do once again check out Heather's new show, A Woman's Place Know It. You can find that on YouTube. Again, we'll link to that in the show notes over at lionsofliberty.com slash 187. Guys, if you enjoy this program, if you enjoy these conversations that I have, my interviews, the conversations I have with my fellow Lions of Liberty cohorts with our roundtables, it seems like every week we're recapping a debate show and we're going to do another one next week. That's right. We've got a GOP debate coming Tomorrow night, actually, if you're listening to the show on the day of its release on Wednesday, we'll be live blogging the debate as we always do over at lionsofliberty.com. So be sure to follow along with us on our live blog. We'll also be tweeting out on the Twitter over at Lions of Liberty. Please sure to follow us on Twitter and hey, tweet to us. We like to tweet. It's fun. And it's fun to say. Tweet, tweet. And also, you can find us over on Facebook, of course. Facebook.com, Lions of Liberty is our main page where we post all our articles, all of our interviews, and that sort of thing. And you can also, if you want to join the conversation, come and join the Lions of Liberty Forum. That's our private Facebook group where we have all sorts of great discussions just about every day. We have a conversation about something going on in there. A lot of our past guests, a lot of contributors to the show are are in the forums there. So you can really have a good chance to interact with us and get to know us a little better and have a good conversation about liberty without all the craziness, without all the trolling. I will let you in. I'll let anybody into the forum. All you have to do is request to join. Just type Lions of Liberty Forum in your Facebook search bar. And again, we will also post a link to that over in the show notes for this program. And if you do enjoy this program, which I imagine you do if you're still listening to my voice at this point, there are a lot of ways you can help us and they're all pretty darn easy. The number one way is to just share this program, whether you share it on social media, whether you shoot an email to your friends and family, say, hey, check out this new show I found. It's killer. It's all about liberty. Phrase it however you want. I don't know. Don't use my words. And then once you've done that, if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a great review and subscribe to the show while you're there. You can do the same on Stitcher Radio, wherever you happen to listen. If you could leave us a rating and a review on that platform, that will really help boost the show and get this thing into the ears of more and more people. And and every single week, we've got more listeners coming in. So we know the show is growing. We know you people are out there. We just need you to come communicate with us and come communicate with other people. Tell them about this thing and we'll just continue to grow. We are working on a way because we've had several requests for people to donate to us, to contribute to us on a regular basis and we'll have that coming at you. We're working on a lot of things behind the scenes, guys, and it takes a lot of time. It takes some money as well. So we're not beggars, but hey, if you want to lend a hand, there are no shortage of ways to do so. You can, of course, shop through our Amazon affiliate link at lionsofliberty.com slash Amazon. Guys, I'm done pimping. I'm done begging. It's been a blast. Until next time, live long and live free.